So today what we're going to do um, is we're going to have a chat to some of the guys that we've, we've approached around the, around the camp and um, we just ask them a few questions about you know, how they do their job and that sort of stuff. So what have you gotten out of NS Camp so far? Okay, well, I came here thinking I wouldn't do any work. Uh, I thought I'd just sit around and see what other people were doing and help some people out, but it, it's sort of good to get away from home and try out a few new things. So I've yeah. played with UI Kit Dynamics, which yeah. is quite fun, and actually surprisingly not that hard until it goes wrong, and then it was impossible to debug. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that later maybe. And yeah, I also tried to recreate the pinch. You know the table view animation that pinches to open? Yeah. So I've been playing around with 3D transforms just trying to recreate that just for something fun to do. And I don't think I ever would have done that at home because it just sort of seems like a waste of time, but I've learned quite a bit. It's okay to waste time here. It is okay to waste time, and there's a lot of time to waste when you're here for three nights. It was ironic because I came here thinking I was going to get all this work done on this project that I've had sitting on the back burner, and the entire time I've avoided doing it. <laughs> so have you fact, done anything? I've done a little bit, but not that much. And I, I've mostly been just t- talking to people and meeting people, and I've met a few guys around, and um, it's been really cool talking to like people that and seeing what they're doing. Like there's a there's a guy over here who's made today, like well that yesterday he made a he made a project that when you plug in your device to iTunes, it loads up a different library every time. Like that's cool. I never would have even you know thought to come up with something like that. And uh, you know he's very enthusiastic. It's good. Mm. Yeah, it was good. You know what I really enjoyed? What? I quite enjoyed the reveal workshop. It was good. I enjoyed the reveal workshop because I came away with a free license. <laughs> that is true. That seems like bribery. But that's not the only reason. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's a good segue into our first guest. I guess it is. So um, our first guest today, Sean Woodhouse from Itty Bitty Apps. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's good. So, um, Sean, what is the... Uh, well, first of all, why Itty Bitty Apps? <laughs> that's a really good question. I don't know, it just sort of came to me one night. You know, it's one of those things where you wake up in the morning, it's like, of course... Itty bitty apps. <laughs> um, but that was back in 2009, so yeah. um, the name's sort of stuck, obviously. Yeah. And was that, were you just by yourself then? Yeah, and yeah, I was just own? contracting by myself. I set the company up, I guess, always with the thought that it might get bigger and get more people on board, and yep. that's what's happened. So cool. well, we started off small, and I've hired a few people that are taller than me, so the logo <laughs> doesn't quite uh, yeah. represent, yeah. you know. But we were a small team, heights. so itty bitty, that yes, works. Yeah, yeah. 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 So... Um, and so, what 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 do you do primarily in in at Bitty Apps as a, as a company? Yeah. We do uh, a mix of consulting and now yep. obviously product development. Now that we're yep. sort of building and shipping reveal. Okay. And what's your role in that? All that. Well, I run the company now. So I used to cut a lot of code. Um, yep. And the company sort of got bigger through, I guess, you know, my consulting, and that led on to more work and more work, which meant I had to sort of find some other people to help me out. Um, but now these days, it's it's mostly around sort of. Uh, I guess tending to the various clients that we have. Yeah, sure. Um, product management around a reveal, so figuring out what we're doing and testing. I do a lot of testing in QA and sort of that that all the ancillary stuff around getting a product to market. So uh, things like uh, getting the website set up, working with designers. Okay. Uh, yeah, all that other stuff. But the guys do most of the coding these days. And so you guys create reveal, which is uh, for those for who, those who don't know. I mean, everybody in the room everybody knows, knows. because <laughs> they probably were at the thing yesterday, the workshop yesterday. But yep. for the people who don't, who are listening, who don't know, um, reveal is a is like a 
basically it's a web inspector for yeah. iOS apps. Yeah, that's that's how we kind of explain it to people is it's basically a web inspector for, for native iOS apps. Yep. And I think most developers who are doing iOS sort of at least have some understanding of what a web inspector is. Yeah. So you can uh, dive in under the covers and sort of select views and see the properties of those views uh, as they're in your running application and, and even change those values to see yeah, the right. effect. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, so you can, yeah, you can dive in and just change things and... and yeah, and I guess... Um, I think Firefox has that 3D view as well. Yep. Uh, and that was some inspiration for what we did with, with Reveal, but I think we've sort of taken it a few steps further where you can actually drill down and um, focus in on one part of your view hierarchy because sure. when you've got a very complex iPad application, you might only be interested in that little popover that's you know, down the bottom right-hand side. You, mm -hmm. know, you don't necessarily want to see all the views in your uh, iPad app because it can get quite complicated. Yeah. Uh, and I, don't, I haven't really seen any web inspectors go to that level, but I, I might be wrong. I don't do much web development. so. Okay. So why, why do this project? Like what was it that kind of um, made you think, oh, this is something that, we, that I think should Spend be out there? On. Yeah, um, I guess I've always done products uh, in the past, so I've been a bit of a sort of product guy. Yep. And uh, the consulting is great fun and we really enjoy working with our clients, but there's always that sort of niggling part of me that was like, you know, I'd love to do a product. And, yep. and I always sort of felt like we had some amazing talent in, in Melbourne in particular and obviously in Australia, mm -hmm. um, and that if we could together some of those awesome people and we could create something really amazing and we've managed to do that um, yeah. yeah and um, I mean I, I like the idea and I think I, I said this to you yesterday um, I've worked with heaps of clients over the over the years and one of them mm. um, one of them is a design studio that decided to make their own do their own app type thing it was a web app and um, and I think I talked about this in the last episode for those of you who do listen to Mobile Couch. Um, it was essentially an offers thing. And um, it, it failed. Like, it failed mm. miserably, like, m a month or so after I left. So, right. clearly, I was the key to their success. <laughs> um, but the, the, the that doesn't seem to be the case with Reveal. And why do you think that is? Why yeah. do you think it's it, it's I, been so good for yeah, you? Yeah, I think it's... Um because we're scratching our own itch, so we are yeah. a customer or we are a user of our own product. Yeah. So we don't have to go out and sort of um, assess the market and try and figure out what developers want. We know what they want. And yeah. it's, I guess it's one of those classic things where um, quite often developers will build developer tools, but the common um, phrase is that, you know, developers don't want to pay for tools. Um, and I think in the iOS community, particularly because we're using Macs and we like, you know, well-built, solid, Beautiful software. Yeah. Um, you know, the Mac community, the, the iOS development community is hopefully more uh, likely to, you know, pull their, their hand out of their pocket and actually shell over some cash for a tool that really has had a lot of effort and uh, time yeah. and effort put into it. And it does a lot for, like, for you. I mean, I, I know I've, I'm, I'm guilty of at first when I saw it, I, I kind of, I, I did play with it at very mm. first when as soon as I saw it came out, I kind of went, well, Maybe, maybe this doesn't actually have any impact on me in, in your workflow. In yeah. my workflow. Yep. And, um, but then you kind of, you run into a problem where you do actually use it once and then you suddenly, it clicks and yeah. you're like, oh my God, this, yeah. this is <laughs> like, this is brilliant. Yeah. We've, we've had a few people even on Twitter sort of go, you know, why would I, why would I even want to use this thing, you know, and then come back, you know, a day later and go, oh my God, you know, I yeah. can't live without this thing now. So it really is one of those things where I think some people will get it straight away and go, yeah, this is cool. Um, I'm going to incorporate it straight away. But other people, it might take a little bit of time, might take a few of those kind of 
what the hell is going on with my auto layout constraint kind of problems. And they go, oh, that's right, there's this thing called reveal. I pull that open. Oh, man, I just figured it out in five minutes. Why didn't I fire it up, you know, two yeah, weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. Um, and that's when the people sort of really then commit to it. Hopefully, I mean, that's, that's you know, we're, we're seeing um, pretty good sales. We've only been on sale for the last month, but yep. it's been really encouraging so far. Cool. And as soon as you hit one of those bugs and you solve it in five minutes, you've earned your money back. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I don't know whether people always make that value proposition in their head, like, okay, an hour of my time is worth this much money and therefore, okay, I'm actually saving money. But I think it's quite often retrospective. You kind of go, oh, man, yeah, it's easily going to pay for itself. I know Jake, who isn't here with us today. You know, moment of silence. Bless him. <laughs> but uh, I know he he very much thinks like that. Is every every move that he makes is you know uh, you know time is money. Time is money. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that become that comes from being being a freelancer and you know doing doing the work that he does. And I, I mean I have that too to a certain extent. Mm. Maybe not quite as as far <laughs> as he goes with it. Um, but I think also for companies, you know, if they can um, invest some money in in good tools for the employees, then obviously they're they're more productive. They're they're you know going through their workflow smoother and quicker and solving yeah. those gnarly issues a lot quicker. Because I mean we all know you can get stumped on these things and, and blow a whole day just trying to figure out why is this why are my buttons only you know pressable in this certain subset of the area of the, of the frame. We had one um, one of the guys here last night sort of came up and said oh, I I've got these buttons in my view and I've transformed them and I, I can. I can press the button from the first half to about the middle pit, and yep. but then after that they're not pressing down. It was really weird, and we pulled it up in reveal, and there was some kind of container view that was in portrait mode when he was in landscape, and so it was lopping off half of the buttons, oh. and it was sort of immediately obvious what was wrong. But yeah. you know, he he spent ages trying to figure that out. So you know, another another example of how uh, how it can solve those kind of issues. So Ennis Camp, mm. why what what? What made you decide to come and uh, and join it's the wonderful guys? <laughs> it's really funny, actually. Um, so I run Melbourne Coca Hits. Yep. Uh, and that's sort of grown, you know, uh, quite extensively over the last couple of years. So we, you know, started out being a couple of guys meeting up at a library, um, sort of getting to about a dozen odd people, and now it's eighty odd people a month Whoa. coming to that. So we'd we'd always sort of um, been around the idea of um, doing a camp. And um, I guess nobody really got off their ass <laughs> to do anything about it until <laughs> Armin sort of said, "Okay, right, we're doing it." Um, and so I guess the, there was always the thought in the back of my mind about, you know, doing something like this, organising it myself or hopefully somebody else organising it. Um, you, you might know Jake and I and Mark Affleck actually organised Swipe Conference and that was a huge amount of effort and um, we did that two years in a row and we're, we're having a hiatus this year. Yep. But I understand how much time and effort it takes to organise these things, so hats off to Armin for making this happen. Um, but, you know, I guess I was quite happy to to come along as a participant instead of organising it for once. Yeah, so sure. that would, in itself was quite a, a nice, refreshing change. And you seem to have been over there uh, in the corners. With my headphones on, hacking work. away. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Got a cool new feature and reveal to show you later on. Oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Did you actually run any code this weekend? I did, actually, yeah, well, which is un unusual. So that was my, my weekend away hacking code. It's very unusual for me these days. Yeah, cool. Mm. So before you go, you mentioned mm. some upcoming features and reveal. At the workshop yesterday, oh, do you want to? I can't commit to any feature set. Uh, oh, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> under, in, you signed the NDA when, I, when you came in the door, didn't you? No, I didn't <laughs> sign it, so I'm not helped to it. <laughs> yeah, now look, we've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline and um, we've got a lot of really passionate users as well that, that are you know, giving us great ideas and we've got a lot of great ideas obviously already through our own use of the product and uh, we've just got to sort of pick off the most... Um, important ones and, and make sure that when we implement those features we do them properly and that we're, you know, 
supporting and, and building quality software. So the temptation is to go, you know, blazing ahead and do a whole lot of different things at the same time. But uh, we know, you know, through experience that we need to just be very focused and, and knock one thing off at a time. So yeah. um, you'll see things coming out over the next couple of months that will be very exciting. Great. Right. Well, for those of those who uh, are listening and uh, don't haven't tried Reveal before, mm. um, we'll put a link to the in the show notes for for, yeah, for checking that it's, out. It's uh, RevealApp.com and there's a 30 day trial, so you can yep. download it and have a crack. Sweet, excellent. Thanks for joining Thanks us. For having me on. Thanks, Sean. Cheers. <laughs> Make it happen. So uh, next up, we've got Gerald. Gerald Kim, give me a clap. Come on, yeah. So Gerald worked on the newly released Cook app? Um, so I've just been a part of the team for the last about three months or so. Um, so I joined um, two other developers, um, Alex and Jeff. They've been working on it for about maybe one and a half years. Um, and Cook is a, I guess, a, a recipe app. You can make beautiful looking recipes and share them out with your friends and family. And you can view um, recipes from well-known chefs that we have as featured books. And we're looking to add more features soon. And so, yeah. Cool. I got to say, especially because most of the developers listen to this podcast, cooks cooks amazing. Everyone should just download it just to just <laughs> even have if a you, look at even how, if you don't cook. How crazy the like implementation is, and the design is just really beautiful. So well done. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So when are you going to feature a book by Ben? I just want to know. I got to write one first. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really get featured without writing one. Oh, fine, fine, whatever. So what like why why um, what gave you the guys the idea for Cook? Um, I guess it was originally an idea by one of the the directors. Um, so Jody Moore from Simplicit, she had the uh, original design idea to make a um, a cookbook, and she actually wrote a book about it, um, which is available now. And from that idea, she talked to Alex and Jeff and said, "Hey, we should make this really cool app," and they all made Cook together. And so, so why aren't Alex and Jeff here this weekend? <laughs> um, well, I guess uh, Alex is, would probably feel a bit out of place with a bunch of developers since he's a designer, and and Jeff is a, I guess a, a family man. So yeah, kind of hard to same leave. excuse as Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did which parts of Cook did you work on, Gerald? Um, I guess I made all of the um, <laughs> the Instagram features. So. Um, if you try to take a picture, and um, you can apply a whole bunch of cool little filters to the images. Um, so I got to work on that, on some core image stuff. Did you use a GPU image, or did no, you do a straight core image? Just straight core image. And what was that like? Um, it was pretty cool, actually. I've done a little bit of core image work before. So it was just um, now making really sexy-looking filters. And so that was a lot of fun. Did you get to go out on Company Dollar a lot and take pictures of food? Uh, no, unfortunately. I did do a lot of I do some cooking at home, so I, I did um, take a couple of the, the recipes I've been cooking and put them into cook, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. Hmm. So, what what sort of a what, what's a day like for you, um, Gerald? Like what what when you when you sit down to develop, like what what tools and stuff do you do you use to get your your job done? Well, we develop on Xcode. I guess Alex uses Photoshop. Other than that, I mean, I guess we're a really small team, but I guess with um, we try to move really fast, so to keep ourselves kind of on track, we've been using trying out Flow. Okay. So that's been really good to to have lists and people can keep track of comments and we can easily organize our, our release builds and bugs and things. So that's been really good. And also we have a nice, Alex is quite proud of two really giant whiteboards 
and that has all of the, the cool little features that are coming up. And so we can always sit down at the beginning of the day and just take a look at the whiteboard and say, okay, this is what's coming up for the next release. I really like working with whiteboards. I've got one at home and you know I don't have a team to share it with or anything like that, but I like the, the very idea of just hashing things out on a whiteboard is useful to me. Did you guys do that at all? Like, or is or are your whiteboards generally just lists of things that are coming up? I think it's mostly list things that are coming up. I guess it's kind of hashing on a project level where we throw up features on the whiteboard and sometimes they don't make it into certain releases. So we can just erase it and throw it up on the, the other whiteboards. Okay. Yeah, cool. So earlier today you gave a, you gave a presentation on um, uh, creating blur effects without actually doing the, kind of the hacks that seem to come like seem to be around the place like pulling views out of navigation controllers and stuff mm -hmm. um do you want to give like a really short for those who've those who weren't able to make it to probably ns camp and weren't in the room uh a really short gist of what what that how that how that happens how that works uh, sure it's mostly about trying to get blurs on views that you can move around and, and you can still see the blurring happening underneath it um, so mostly it's with um, layer masking. So you can get um, a CA layer of a, a view, and there's a property on it called mask. So you can use um, masking to kind of cut out parts of a, a blurred image. So you would have maybe like your view, maybe a copy of the view, blur it, and then mask it so it looks like it's only appearing behind your buttons or your, um, your modal views or whatever. And yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it looks pretty easy. I guess it's... Not too hard once you figure out how it's done. Um, it took me a while to, to figure out how to do it, but yeah. So are you going to put those slides you showed up somewhere that people can get and we can stick a link to them? <laughs> um, yeah, I can probably just put them up on SlideShare or something. Nice. That'd be good. Cool. All right. All right. Should we move on to... I think we can move on. Thank you, Gerald, for joining us. It Thanks, was Gerald. It was excellent. Thanks. Who's next? Shall we go with Chris, Chris Miles? Chris Miles. Give him a round, come on. Mm. Kind of you. In that, in that case, I'll grab a t-shirt, because no one else has. Yes. Nice work. Way. You're putting in the effort to come on. So why, This is why you come to NS Camp, you get freebies. Isn't that why you go to every conference in, in camp? Yes, that's why I go to them. <laughs> freebies. Yeah. It's, it's not about meeting people or doing code or getting anything out of it. It's just that's a nice it's, bonus. Yeah, but, but mostly mostly free t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, good. I like it. I didn't get any free t-shirts. I'm just giving them away. You got a, a free license to reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Stop complaining. I wore a t-shirt and didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the entire reason you wore a t-shirt. Yeah. Let's just admit oh, it now well. while you can. Oh well. So anyway, uh, why don't you tell us about yourself, Chris? Um, so yeah, I'm Chris Miles. By day, I'm a freelance software engineer. Um, I've been specialising in iOS in particular for, uh, I guess, five years or so, basically since the SDK came out. Um, and more recently, I've um, added some Mac development to to that to that list of of skill sets. So I started out in the Cocoa world doing iOS, um, and recently I've dived into the fun world of AppKit and and some, some of those Mac areas, which has been interesting. And, and, and being a freelancer, I work for um, a lot of interesting clients, large and small. Uh, most recently, for a lot of this year, I were, was lucky enough to be part of the, the team working on Reveal. So I helped Sean and the guys at Itty Bitty Apps um, building out Reveal. I was primarily working on the 3D scene 
for the, the view explosion. Um, working uh, working a lot with SceneKit. We built that out with SceneKit on, on OS X, which is um, a really nice framework. Um, mm -hmm. We're all hoping that that makes its way to iOS pretty soon. I kind of think it will, but we'll see. So do you have any sort of idea why it came out for Mac first? It seems to be opposite to most frameworks these days. Yeah. From, from what I understand, it, the, the need was there for, for it on the Mac before iOS. From my understanding, t technically there's no reason it can't run on iOS. I believe it does run on iOS. Um, but um, politically they, they wanted it to come out on the Mac first. For Maybe it was required for, for some internal products. I, I, I don't know if this is... I can't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure that maybe iBooks was built on SceneKit, perhaps, uh, or the or the author, one of those products. So it's perhaps um, due to some internal needs, and then they cleaned it up. But that's all, you know, that's all just from what I've heard. I don't know how much of that's true. But from my understanding, there's nothing technically preventing it from being on iOS, so I think it's just a matter of priorities within Apple. So SceneKit is like a wrapper around OpenGL to make it a bit easier? Sorry. Yeah, that's right. It's um, basically a, a sort of scene graph abstraction so that you can lay out your, your scene, very similar to, say, Cocos 2D on the, in the 2D world, but it's laying out a scene graph in the 3D space. It's also quite nicely integrated with core animation, so you can animate your 3D scene using um, actual core animation objects, um, which is really nice. So you can do a CA, you know, basic animation on a 3D transform or, or move or, or kind of fade it and things like that, and that all just works as you expect, so that's pretty cool too. Do you actually understand how 3D transforms work? <laughs> I've been doing that this weekend, and you Google it, and it's just like, change M34 to this magic number, and then it'll all work. I believe that is how it works. <laughs> It sounds like setting up a router. Like routers always have those those numbers, like the VPN. No, that's not it. MNSP. Like all these like random acronyms. And you look at the help for like my router. At, my uh, my modem at home has like the help like listed right next to it, and it always says this this number is will be the one that is given to you by your ISP. It's like that doesn't help me at all. Like it, I don't want to. I don't know what that means. But obviously they have, like, obviously hey, they have meanings. So obviously um, you have some understanding of, of the meanings of the, the numbers that, that are there. Yeah, well, I think that all fundament fundamentally comes down to sort of matrix math. Yeah. And I'll never claim to be an expert in that area, but I've learned as much as I've needed to um, to get it, to get on with um, 3D programming. Um, started out, uh, it's, since doing iOS, I've been teaching myself OpenGL, so I've done... Quite a, I've done a few OpenGL projects for clients and have learned enough to make that work. And as part of learning all that, you pretty much have to learn enough matrix math to, to, get, a, to get away with it. Often setting up projection transforms is kind of just a, here's roughly what you want. If you want to understand it, here's a five-page kind of breakdown <laughs> yeah. of, of the actual math behind it. Yep. But you don't need to know that to actually set up a transform. Here's basically the, the formula, uh, formula and the, you plug in your numbers and get your scene. So, if somebody wanted to learn that sort of stuff, like where would you suggest that they start? For OpenGL, there's there's, there's a bunch of resources. Um, I can't remember them all off the top of my head. Um, originally, um, Jeff Lamarch's blogs helped quite a bit. Was a really good starting point, and there are a couple of other um, sort of blog series that really focused on the introduction to to OpenGL. Yes. So I'd, I'd certainly recommend those ones. And since then, there's been a few books. Um, so there's a there's sort of 3D iPhone programming, and there's a couple of other decent OpenGL ES books that have come out yeah. since. 
be prepared to, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly low level, which is what can make it interesting, um, but you've got to be, pre be prepared for the, for the learning curve, so you've got to spend quite a bit of time invested in it. But I do think it pays off in the long run. You, you tend to, a lot of what you learn under the hood, I mean, Core Animation is, you know, sits on top of OpenGL, and you, you realise there's a lot of the OpenGL fundamentals work their way up into Core Animation, um, you know, in things like setting up that sublayer transform. It makes more sense on why that is what it is and, and other parts of, of the um, core animation framework make more sense once you've realized what's actually happening at the GPU layer. Nice. And uh, you've just released an app, is that right? Yeah, so I'm you know, prim primarily a freelance contractor, but that's just to make money and to try and work on interesting projects. But I also try and do a little bit of my own. I do quite a few of my own projects, but very few of them are actually interesting enough to release or qual quality enough to release. But I did release um, a Mac app little Mac app a couple of months ago called Easy Res. It's, um, it's, a, it aims for a, a very small but, you know, important use case. It's basically a little menu bar resolution switcher. Um, there's quite a few of them out there, so it's, um, it, 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 it's not like a unique product. Um, but what I hope makes it interesting is you get a, a live animated preview of, of the resolutions as you're kind of opening the menu, selecting different resolutions that are available you'll see an animated preview of how your windows, your live on-screen current windows will scale, so it's much easier to select which res you want to switch to. Um, and since the Retina MacBook Pros came out, which is primarily why I, why I built the app, because I wanted to switch between the more useful high-resolution modes on the Retina display, it's, it's become quite useful. Um, yeah, it's, it seems pretty popular. It's getting some good write-ups. It's, it's quite a simple little app, but um, I'm you know, quite proud of it. Actually, yes. I found it really useful um, before... I got my Retina MacBook Pro because it was it, you were able to it has the setting there for for the Retina size on on this well it had it up for my Thunderbolt display anyway and uh, so I could switch to that and test like web pages and stuff uh, on on a Retina screen and that was it was really helpful for that as well so okay that's yeah, great yeah it worked 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 yep. Awesome. Yeah. Another happy customer. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any t-shirts yet, but uh, maybe ne next NS camp. Yeah, yeah. I've made enough money to make Send a buy my a few t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, good. I've already paid for it, so you don't have to give me a license. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And uh, another thing I've seen of yours this weekend is Easy Form. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, some of my projects um, just ended up being um, open source of little, of little libraries and helper frameworks, I guess you could call them, that help me with my day job. Um, one of those was um, EasyForm, which is just a, like a form validation and, and, and handling library for just laying out and dealing with form input on iOS apps. It's used in a, in a few places. We uh, worked with the guys at REA on the real estate app for a while, and they used it within that and found it quite useful. So that's just um, an open source app if you have to deal with form layout and input validation and that sort of thing, it can help there. And you get a, uh, a next button on top of your keyboard, right? So you can skip between and it automatically scrolls. Yeah, that's right. It tries to handle all the common behavior that, that you always have to write boilerplate code to take care of. So it tries to handle that for you under the hood. So you get your, um, your input accessory sort of safari, uh, safari style to do next previous between fields. And it tries to auto scroll the view to keep fields visible. Um, as you're switching between them and tries to handle that, whether it's a layered on a scroll view or it's just a normal view that needs to be moved around in a, around in a couple of different scenarios like that. Nice. Yeah, I gave it a go. Because yeah. I didn't even think of checking for a library for that kind of stuff, but made it much easier. So 
when you can get rid of a lot of boilerplate, it's always you know, worthwhile if you if you trust the, the open source library that you're dragging into your project. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I'll try and work on a, a few a few other open source libraries. I'm working on one that um, has, has helped uh, helped you guys out a little bit. I'm, I don't mind just talking about something that'll hopefully come out in the near future to to help. You were mentioning you were having tr troubles debugging UIKit Dynamics. Yes. And yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, in one of my day jobs recently as well. So I've been starting to put together a little um, introspection library to help visualize what's happening with UIKit Dynamics under the hood. So it's only partway there. It's just handling some of the behaviors that I've needed to so far, like the um, uh, the attachment behaviors and, and a few of those things. But they're almost the most important ones to visualize. But yeah, that... Hopefully, if I get that tidied up in the near future, I'll be pushing that out there, and people can take advantage of that to help debug their dynamics. Yeah, I hope so, because it showed me what was wrong almost instantly. I spent a whole day trying to get that. I try. I was trying to make a uh, tweetbot-style image throwaway, and it, it was just sort of like it was almost there. It was just kind of unnatural, and it would snap around a bit. And yeah, you put in your debugging library, and you suddenly see you're dragging from the complete wrong point, which you can't see normally, and yeah, problem solved. Yeah, that was good. That was a good um, example of what it's what it's made for, and that, really, that was one of the reasons I came to NS Camp. Um, I think primarily to to socialise with um, you know a great group of people. Um, the, I, I'm a regular at Croker Heads, and I know that the community is is really interesting and and supportive. A lot of great people, so I wanted to hang out with them. Um, but another reason was to you know you do work on things like say this um, little dynamics um, debugging tool. And to get it in front of people to, to help get feedback and, and see other use cases than just my day-to-day -day one. Mm. Well, thank, thanks for that. Solved yeah. me a lot of headaches. I think it'll solve a lot of people a lot of headaches. Mm. Thank you for joining us. It's been uh, you, you did some of the work that you showed off this weekend is, was really cool. And um, I look forward to seeing some of it coming out. It'll probably give me a reason to play with UIKit Dynamics and, uh, and stuff. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah, no cool. worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Chris. Enjoy the shirt. <laughs> Armin. Next up is Armin. Give him a clap. Yeah, come on. <laughs> he organized Out of all thing. the people, he deserves a clap. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. So, Armin, NS Camp. Jelly, yeah. NS Camp. So, we heard a little bit from, um, from Sean about how, how you, like, the idea from NS Camp came to be. So, yeah. what specifically made you think go from the point of, yeah, that kind of sounds nice to, you know, oh, look, there's a website saying that we're going to have NS Camp. Yeah, so <laughs> well, it was actually quite interesting. We, we just released a product for a client, and client came with some champagne and, you know, a bit of a party. I think everybody had a bit of a drink. And I can remember Jolt, Jolt Kim and myself, uh, where we're sitting there and um, another guy from J-Tribe, we're sitting there and thinking, oh, these Rails people, they have all the fun. You know, they go away on the weekend and go and do development. And we should have that as well. And then somebody came up with the name. Why don't we call it NS Camp? And I don't know, Gerald or somebody looked it up. And said, hey, it's available. Get the domain. And you know, that was the commitment. Got the domain. We were three people. Everybody heard what everybody else was saying about the event. So yeah, we had to do it. Now, yeah. um, was pretty much the point of no return. And uh, I think then just floating the idea with, um, with the Cocoa Heads guys, like uh, Marcus and, and Sean, and uh, I think everybody was really excited, yeah. They encouraged me. 
<laughs> they seem excited. <laughs> I can see it on their faces. I think they didn't. <coughs> they, 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 they thought it's a good idea that somebody else does it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where the excitement comes from. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I'm, I'm really, really happy I did it because I think somebody has to get up, you know, get, get uh, the act together, yeah. get the band together and, yeah. uh, and do it. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be did it and I'm, I'm really pleased to see so many people showing up. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So in your day-to-day life, you work at J-Tribe? Yeah, so I'm a director at JTribe. Got a business club partner, Daniel. He's uh, not here right now, but um, we run that company. It's a boutique mobile development shop in Melbourne. Okay. We do projects for clients. Yep. We um, we aim to get you know projects which have a deep technical technical uh, complexity. So we, we like complex stuff, and um, yeah, we're just a, a small team doing interesting things so the latest app we just um did for a client was the movember app that's why i have this funny mo on my upper lip yeah that was really cool um worldwide app you know heaps of heaps of users it's quite quite daunting if you if you if you see how much um, money goes through that app they actually use that to raise money obviously for the movember campaign and yeah that's that's very exciting it's really cool um, other than that, we do interesting things in the team. So um, once a year, we, we select a project internally, which we just you know think, okay, that's a good project to do, just to prove a couple of technical things. Mm-hmm. And we spend like 20% of our time on that. We um, Every Friday, we go away, for example, to another co-working space in Melbourne and work the whole day as the team, as um, in the whole team on, on that problem. Um, so one of the apps we did was uh, EggRadar. It's an Easter egg hunt with augmented reality, marker-based augmented reality. And um, the motivation was, okay, guys, you know, we either get this app done and released in the App Store or we release it as open source. So everybody was really, you know, kind of working hard to produce good quality code because yeah. if, you, if you release it as open source, obviously your peers can see what, yeah, sure. what you hacked up. Um, yeah, but... We, we managed to get it out as an app and it was really cool because TechCrunch picked it up and a couple of other um, bloggers and uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, cool. I like doing, like you, you mentioned like the open source idea and I, I love creating open source code, not that I have a lot of, of that available, um, but I like the idea of it anyway. It uh, I, I find it helps me to yeah, produce like clean clean code, which I really, I really love um, and you know, to make sure I document stuff because I think most developers, myself included, are terrible at that. Exactly right, Jelly. You, you, you just bring yourself up to the next level because you know exactly your peers going to look at that maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody looked at JT Cards, my embarrassing little open source project. <laughs> <coughs> but um, yeah, it takes some courage actually yeah, to release something as open source and just put it out there and let other people judge you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... but. You're right. It increases the quality. I think you're just so much more tidier in how you write your code and how you structure code because you want to write it so other people can understand it and use it and it's useful yeah. for them and adds some value to what they do in the daily work. Yeah. So in your day-to-day job at JTribe, like what's, what's your role there? Like what do you actually do? Um, oh, gee, everything really. I'm a director, so I run a business. Yep. I am also a coder. I usually, for, for every project, I'll try to pick one component I work on and um, so just to keep fresh and uh, I love technology so yeah. 
I guess I'm looking after the iOS part of JTribe, whereas my business partner Daniel is looking after the Android part of JTribe. And so all the, the Android apps are looked after by him. I look after the iOS apps and, and I guess we, um, yeah, we both look after business as well, marketing and, you know, yeah, sure. growth and whatever you need to do in a business. You mature. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe I have a question for you then. Okay. Um, ask, ask a question. Yeah. So obviously we're here to, you know, work on little projects or, Things we we don't have time to work during the week. So so Ben, what what do you, what you work on on the weekend? And Jelly, the same. You know, what what's your little project you worked on on the weekend? Yeah. So um, I was talking about it a bit before, but I, I made a, a tweetbot style image viewer, so you can the image shows up and then you can throw it away. So I, I learned about UIKit Dynamics, and I, I think I'm actually going to release it open source because it, it works now. Um, it, it, other people have probably already done it, but Mm-hmm. At least it'll be out there. It'll be, it'll be cool. So and I don't get to do that too much. So it's so been worth the time. What, why would I use that in my app? What motivate me? <laughs> just because it's just like a cool way to. So originally in my app, because I didn't really spend much time on it, I just had a when you tap it, a small thumbnail. It just pushed across to like a big image view. Right. It, it looked kind of gross. Yeah. Whereas if you've seen the Tweetbot one, it sort of animates out. So from the thumbnail, it yeah. grows up, and it sort of has a transparent black overlay to darken and bring out the image and then you can sort of play around with it throw it around a bit and then when you're done with it you just flick it away and it it spins away yeah sure sounds useful I've been terrible and not worked on anything like I said before Um, well I I have worked on something I've been working on uh, an app that I'm calling GIF Wrapped I like pun names so the idea is it's it's a it's an animated GIF sharing app which was born out of the fact that Dropbox doesn't support animated images at all and I like to post animated GIFs to like Twitter and send them to tech, in-text messages to Ben and other friends, but mostly Ben. <laughs> he just every now and then he'll get a random, random animated GIF. Yeah, like. they're cool. Um, so I, d- I decided I'd make an app to do that, and I've been uh, I, I spent a little time working on a on a server side component for that uh, this weekend, and I haven't gotten to the to the client side stuff for it really yet. But maybe maybe a little bit this afternoon if I end up having a little bit of time after after recording. But mostly, I, and here's the thing that I love about about this this sort of an environment is that I've met all these really cool people, and um, I, I think I think that you know this, the enthusiasm and the the drive that they have for the apps that they have is really cool. And I mean, I've been able to you know assist people by you know answering a few questions for you know people who are just getting started and have decided to come here and you know and use this experience to kind of learn how to code or to you know to bolster their experience in it. And like that's that's I mean, I think that's the part I've enjoyed the most. That's helping that's, out. That's the, the most enjoyable part. The beginners into right. getting into iOS because they all think it's it's you know they're all really confused because Objective C is super weird at first. It is weird. Um, yeah. But it, once you got it, it's, the tools are really good and you can get there. So it's just really cool to show them that oh that's that's really not that hard. Like I can show you how to do that in thirty seconds, and they've spent an hour trying to do it. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed you know sitting last night with some some guys and. Um, talking about you know storyboard shortcuts, what sucks, what what works, that was really good. Just kind of this ah, I didn't know you can do that in storyboard, and <laughs> it's really good. Just sharing a couple of ideas and I guess tips and tricks that that's really useful for me. Well, yeah, actually speaking of that, one trick I've noticed, I've told three people now that if you've got a view that you want to be in a navigation controller, 
you don't have to delete uh-huh. the segue and stuff. You can click it and then yeah. click editor embed. in the menu, embed in navigation controller. Exactly. Done. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's random because like so many people who know how to how to code and have been coding for quite some time. Like even I didn't know how to do that, but then I don't use storyboards because I don't like them. But you know, there was there was heaps of people that didn't know like that. Like even even if they had like done stuff for quite some time, so there's always something you can learn. I think in this sort of an environment, because there are people who have just decided to do things differently, and um, I mean that's the that's the cool thing about meeting people who do the same work as you do, but you know work in their own silo because you know things that they don't know, and they know things that you don't know, and together you are Captain Planet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. It's a short episode today. It's probably only going to be like half an hour by the time I edit it down. It's been about 45 minutes. That's right. It's a Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really Christmas. Thanksgiving well, it's, special. It's the, let's think of it as the, as the, uh, the retail thanks, the, sorry, the retail Christmas special because they always start in like October. Well, yeah, yeah. it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to think, I'm going to give thanks to the guys who put this all together, which I guess is mainly Armin. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> No worries, guys. Um, it's a, it was a pleasure. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of it. So, guys, if you uh, would like to read about anything that we've talked about today, including any of the stuff that the guests have mentioned, I'm going to be looking that up and putting it in the show notes. And uh, this is episode 22, I think. So, therefore, the the show notes will be at mobilecouch.co forward slash... What number did I say? 22. Nice. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, um, for those of you who are in the room, you can probably just come and talk to us, I guess. But those of you who aren't in the room, you can uh, get in touch with us by emailing us. There is a web form. There's a form on our website. It's mobilecouch.co forward slash contact. And uh, you fill that in. It sends it off and it sends an email to both me and Ben and also Jake, even though he's not here. If you would like to get in touch with us individually... Ben is Ben Trendgrove on Twitter, B-E-N-T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E. And I'm Jelly Bean Soup. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, guys, for joining us uh, for the live episode from NS Camp. We look forward to seeing you next year at NS Camp, but also next year because this is the last episode of the year. So we look forward to seeing you guys next year and, uh, and talking to you in, in your ears, I guess, which is where you normally talk, I guess. Anyway, thanks, guys. We'll see you then. Bye.